0: Welcome to the Smith & Rowland Show. Let's join our host, Alan Smith and Jeff Rowland. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the coarse, very stringent voices of two old, wise men. We welcome you to the Smith & Rowland Show, and now our special guest and betrayer of all truth, the eloquent
1: Alan Smith.
0: Go ahead, Mr. Alan.
1: Well, we yeah. do welcome everybody this morning. Mister Roland here; he's coming out of surgery last week, and he had a facelift. And it didn't do a little bit. Not one I look the same way now as I did before. It, it you did now. then. Ah, it's just terrible. It's awful. No, Jim had a little bit of surgery. He's come through it great. God's got him healed up and ready to go. He's running just a little slow though. That's but I thought it. it would be good for us to still do podcasts, yes. uh, even if he's doing slow. He yeah. still seems to be pretty sharp. So affected well, his voice, I, voice a little bit, but other than that, yeah, that's where yeah, they and, stick.
0: And you know, they've always called me Jeff. Hashtag sharp, Roland. So <laughs> that sharp <laughs> thing has stuck oh, with I me, can me can pretty, pretty, good. Yeah,
1: yeah. You're you're not too sick. Listen, we talked uh, yesterday, Roland. On Mike Bickle is a preacher. A teacher out at Kansas City, IHOP International House of Prayer. Yeah. He started, I think, close thirty-five, forty years ago. Maybe I don't know. Thirty years. Been a long time. He started it, and now there's a. He's he is a huge leader in the body of Christ, and he just heralded a big prayer movement for Israel three or four months ago before the war broke out. Nobody knew then, but he felt led by God to lead this prayer group. And he thought they'd have 100,000 maybe or so. They were going to be very happy with that. It ended up going viral and had over 5 million. people wow. joined that fast of prayer. It was so many days, I don't remember the days, but 30 or 40 or so. And so we had this huge fasting and prayer for Israel. Then in a month or two, then war broke out. So it's obvious that the Lord was leading Mike Bickle. But now we find Mike Bickle is coming over tremendous accusations that are coming against him to tear him down. To me, on the spiritual side, Mike would be a target because no doubt this intercession, this prayer movement for Israel is a big issue in the heavens. So it doesn't at all, in all honesty, I'm not too surprised that the enemy would like to take him out. So there are now accusations being made of sexual misconduct. You know, all all of the things that a man would not want to hear, he's hearing. And they're coming out of the woodwork all over. If anybody had anything against Mike, it's now showing up. So he's kind of like a Roman candle at this point, Jeff. He's going up in flames. And we've still yet to hear from Mike Bickle. And there again, allegations, it's kind of like Israel is the way I see it, Jeff. I had a guy the other day told me, he said he couldn't support Israel. And I said, well, the Bible says you, you'd you be in your favor to support him. He said, yeah, but they don't believe that Jesus is the Messiah. I said, well, all right, they're going to. I said, you're, you're to yeah. bless Israel. If you want to be blessed, that's what the word says. So you're guaranteed a blessing. And it doesn't say if they're I mean, Israel has been our example to the world of sometimes they're close to God and sometimes they're far away from God, but still they're God's children, they're God's chosen for a specific purpose, of course. But nonetheless, we're to support them. Same way with Mike Bickle. At this point in time, everybody's saying, you know, he's guilty, you need to go ahead and burn him at the stake. I would call this contemporary burning somebody at the stake. I'm not saying Mike's innocent on, on all charges. I'm not saying he's guilty on any charges. I am saying that the allegations is going to kill him before you can even get to a charge. So he'll be dead way before the trial in a spiritual sense because of the way that you know when you go to trial on facebook you don't have much hope so anyway we're reading this article here jeff we read it yesterday michael brown he calls himself a doctor. I'm going to call him Michael Brown. He wrote an article on Mike Bickle. It seemed like, and we, you and I heard a podcast he put out. It seems like it was, he said it a time or two, but it was a little, the way, way he wrote that one article we heard was he said, okay, I going to, I'm not saying he is guilty, but I want to say that, make these statements like he is guilty. And you and I had some objections to that. We yeah. didn't think that was very wise to make such a comparison. Not because at all. If somebody would come in halfway on that conversation, they would have to say Michael Brown is saying he's guilty, and he's, there he is, his friend. So Michael Brown's come out with this other article here trying to—I'm sure Michael, being his friend, was also very disturbed and shaken over the thing. So we're not going to hold him to the fire too much on every comment, because I'm sure he was disheveled also in his Demeanor and he, he was just shocked. We all try to sure. respond in a way that we're not shaken, but the truth is, it because you love somebody, it is shaken. So he wrote this article and it starts off clarification. Dr. Michael Brown recognizes there was some confusion in how this article was originally worded. He's speaking about his own article. He wrote, Mike was a personal friend, and if you suggest they are friends no more, and there were some were saying, okay, you and Mike used to be friends, but evidently you're not no more. So that's what Michael's wanting to claim. Here he said that is not the case. He asked us to make a correction to make clear Mike is a personal friend. So I thought that's cool. I thought that was good. But this Michael wanted to make that clear, and I was. I think that's. <laughs> if if listen, if Mike Bickle ever needs a friend, it's now Michael Brown. <laughs> you know, it's I was, right I now. Say, that's exactly right. Yeah, if he needs a friend, or Mike Bickle's yeah. fix, find out where his friends are. So How many friends he's now? got? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, you drew an analogy earlier. With what Mike Bickle had done concerning the prayer, the call to prayer and fasting for Israel. Yeah. And then, of course, that was prior to the war breaking out. And we're neither one of us, we've had this conversation. We're not surprised that an attack would come against Mike Bickle as a result of this. I would say that prayer, regardless of the object or the subject of what we're trying to pray about. Prayer is the biggest weapon the Christian has, and anybody that's in a prayer movement is going to come under some kind of an attack.
1: That's right.
0: You're going to be criticized. There's accusations to be going to come. Persecution is going to follow you. Satan attacks what does him the most damage, and what does him the most damage is the fervent prayer of God's people. So that being said, we're not surprised that Mike Bickle would come under attack, and I would also say to those that name the name of Christ in question, supporting Israel, I would say to you that God is still pursuing Israel, and there is coming a time, according to the Word of God, that all of Israel will be saved. So we need to really be cautious when we criticize someone that God is pursuing after. Mm -hmm. When Michael Mm -hmm. Brown's writing this article, he comes down, Alan, about the fourth paragraph, and he, he makes this statement. If the charges are true, and then he continues, and his conclusion in this article, I can't say that I'm in agreement with. I okay, nearly does he that, say that entire that. paragraph. Here's what he says: If the charges are true, focus must first be put on the victims themselves. So I, if we can pause there, just to say, it's right. not yet been established what these charges even are. So to use that term "victim" implies that someone has been not a willing participant, but against their own will, they have been victimized. To my Uh knowledge, that would constitute in the area of sexual misconduct. That would constitute rape. So I don't know that that's the if those are the charges, and that proves to be true, then yeah, you have victims, but. If the charges is a sexual misconduct with someone that is a willing participant, that's not a victim. Right. That's someone that's as guilty as Mike Bickle is. So mm-hmm. I've got a problem with the use of that word at this time right. Until, right. until we know what, is even what being the charges ready. are. Then he goes yeah. on to say that you put first you put your focus on the victims working for their full restoration and healing. He says they are often forgotten at times like this which only adds sin to sin and hurt to hurt. Then he says this, as for Mike, if he were found guilty, the focus should be, be on his personal spiritual restoration, not on discussion about ministry restoration. Now, I have a big Yeah, time I, time disagree. On, uh, yeah I disagree with that. him on that. I disagree with that. He yeah. cannot be personally or spiritually restored without the calling that God placed on his life being restored with it. And so I'm in total disagreement with his perspective on how to handle this if the charges are true. And that's right. part of the problem I have with yeah. a lot of these sexual scandals that has plagued the body of Christ, especially over the last 2 to 3 decades, is it seems as though that we preach a gospel to the lost and we preach that Jesus is the only perfect one. Yet when someone falls into the trap of sin, there seems to be no grace offered for them and no amount of forgiveness is sufficient. Uh-huh. So I've got, I got a deep problem with that. It's in, in disagreement to the message of the gospel of Christ, for one. Secondly, somebody needs to understand that Peter denied he even knew the Lord. and Fifty days later, he's the keynote speaker on the day of Pentecost. That's so right. you don't set these during a wartime, you don't set these called, equipped soldiers on the side. sideline because they've got a hangnail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. So that's exactly right. That's leading the way. That's leading the way in this war that we're in, and we've never seen war like we're seeing it now.
1: Oh uh, so I
0: just don't agree at all well, with, I, uh... with Michael Brown's conclusions on that.
1: Let me re rewrite that and see if you would agree with this. As for Mike, if we're found guilty, the focus should be on his personal spiritual restoration with restoration for ministry in mind. Yes, yeah.
0: that I would yeah. completely
1: agree with. Yeah,
0: I'll also say this, if these allegations are proven true and those that participated in this sin with Mike... If it was willing participants, they need to be fully restored as well. They need mm-hmm. to be forgiven as well. They mm-hmm. need to be ushered into the gospel of the grace of God as
1: well. I don't have a problem with oh, yeah. Mike being, I don't know if this is the proper way to say it, but I don't have any proper problem with holding Mike to a higher standard, perhaps, than the other participants. But the truth is, we're all held to the same standard, according to the Word of God we're all held to the same standards and some yeah. will say well leaders are held to a higher standard right. i mean i'm okay with that i mean but i'm totally okay with that if you want to hold them to a higher standard but I, well to, if someone to hold to a know, higher I, I, I agree to hold people to a higher standard would be because the restoration is about restoring to a higher standard you're, in other words, you're restoring yeah. when you restore back to ministry. The reason it's a higher standard because you're saying it's restoring back into ministry. Well, why hold to a higher standard if you're not going to restore him to the ministry of higher standard? In other words, no, it doesn't make a bit of sense. Of course, you and I have been in war. And before, it's not biblical. Jeff. I mean, usually God's greatest moment with people. Listen, Jeff, I would rather walk with Mike Bickle after this and I would have before.
0: Absolutely. Especially if it's true. Yeah. I would too. And, yeah, and yeah that's what say, I'm saying.
1: And let me just say, I wrote an article on,
0: on Kingdom that talked about this restoration process, and everybody goes to Galatians, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one. And they need to understand what the word means. The word restore means in completion, not in mm. part. There is no part restoration. There is complete restoration. John 15 talks about the branch that has fallen from the vine that goes down into the dirt, and the husbandman comes and he lifts the branch up out of the dirt. He cleanses the branch with the washing of water, and then he places that branch back into the same place from whence it fell. Now, if you're going to restore anybody, you restore them back to their fullest calling that God had in mind for their life. If God's callings and gifts are without repentance, then you've got to restore them back to the same calling. And I think I said on the last podcast out that we've done, the most miserable place a man will ever be in is to have a calling and no place to use it. And so if, in fact, what the scenario is, is that Mike is going to be personally and spiritually restored back to God but not back to ministry, then there's no restoration at all. That's not restoration. That is not restoration at all. And so I I do have a problem with that. And again, I say the same thing to the accusers. Even if this is true, they need to be restored. If it's false, they need to be confronted with their sin with the hope of their restoration. If it's false, those accusers are playing the same role that Satan does. He's the accuser of the brethren. And so they were led by demonic spirits to attack a man of God or any person of God. And that's demonic in nature. So I just believe in complete restoration. I think if you're going to restore, then you restore based off of the new covenant, where God says, I took your sins and I will never remember them against you again. Now, I know that people don't have that capacity, but in and through the person of the Holy Spirit, We can function in that capacity, and I think that that's what we need to reach out for in this plan of restoration. So I'm in disagreement with Michael Brown on the statement, if the charges are true, what then? And the way he words this and puts this, I'm not in agreement with it at all.
1: I think what we're in disagreement with him on is the incompleteness of there's a difference. We think there's a difference in restoration and complete restoration. You and yeah, I make I think a, he, a difference there, but I think there's a, what yeah, you're saying, Jeff. Yeah. There's a diff. We think that we're all for restoration, but we carry it further. I don't know if we're in too so much disagreement with Michael Brown as we want to carry the statement further than Michael Brown's willing to do at this point, or at least in this statement, we believe in complete restoration.
0: I believe in complete and total restoration, or there's been no restoration at all. I don't think you can differentiate between personal restoration as he's stating it, but then later on we'll think about the ministry. That's not restoration at all. I think if you're going to use the term restoration, then you're restoring the total person back yeah. to everything that God called them to be and do. And, right. and so that's where I'm, I'm in disagreement okay. in this process. And Alan, me and you both have seen times where the, it's been played out that way. Well, this person is being restored and going through this process. I ain't got a problem with process of restoration. I ain't got a problem with that if that's what someone requires. But I also believe that a lot of that is needless. The Bible mm-hmm. says, "If we confess our sins, He's faithful and He's just to forgive us mm-hmm. of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness." Now, either we need to believe the Bible, or we need to just hire a bunch of a team of lawyers and let mm-hmm. them negotiate out what would be a proper time in which to put someone on the shelf before they can be released again. Mm-hmm. So it seems to be that we're we're trying to build trust with people instead of. Trusting God's Word. So I do have a problem with that whole concept.
1: So what you're saying here is when God has complete restoration, you don't think there's a waiting period before God can use you again.
0: I absolutely don't think there's a waiting period. As a matter of fact, when I got saved, it was immediate. When I asked the Lord Mm -hmm. to come into my heart, He at that very moment made me His own. And can I tell you something? When I sin and the Holy Spirit convicts me of sin, and I confess that sin before the Lord, there's not a waiting period on it. Right, it's right. immediate. The Lord forgives Well, me.
1: Let me say this too, I, Jeff. That, you know,
0: that's just my thought.
1: And to back up a little bit of what you're saying there. Okay, let's say the allegations are that this type of sin had been going on for some time. But at the same time, we can't discount that God hasn't used him as that was happening. We can't discount that God didn't use him in the biggest prayer movement for Israel that the world's ever seen just four months ago. So if that be in the case, we see that God, we're all into repentance and forgiveness, but we also got to say God evidently doesn't think like our personal justice system works. It appears that God forgives and man doesn't. In other words, it seems as though God does not require you to work for forgiveness, but before man will forgive you, you got to pay penance. Would you agree? Yeah,
0: you got to prove it to men. To God, it's an act of faith. I also want to point out, too, Alan. Everybody seems to go to this line that is—I don't think is right. I don't think it's biblical. That all sin is sin, and sin is everything's Sin, sin, and, and if that's not true. There is a difference between sins of weakness and sins of rebellion. Right. And so if there is a pattern of rebellion that has been that's unfolded, right. that's a whole different ball game than sins of weakness that plagues someone's flesh nature. Mm-hmm. And they they are dealt with differently. Uh, they're mm-hmm. dealt with differently. They're handled differently. Mm-hmm. So that needs to be discovered before the process can unfold correctly. I just honestly believe that what needs to happen, Michael Brown goes on and talks about we need due process and this, that, and the other. What we really need to do is get the accusers in a room with the accused under an apostolic voice, and there needs to be intercession going on that truth will come out. And then relationships needs to be healed based off of the authority of the Word of God.
1: I totally agree. If we can do that—
0: That would be the right process. We've seen that work.
1: Yeah, and in an hour or two's time, all could be repented of, forgiven, and restored.
0: Yes, and then the healing process takes time. Yes, it does, but that healing process is most of the time filled with self-loathing, self-condemnation, our faith in christ and that's a process mm-hmm. i do believe that's a process but mm-hmm. the restoration process has been accomplished and that's mm-hmm. that's i think just what i'm trying to say it seems like we invite people to in christ and we say hey come be saved and, and we believe that that can be an, an immediate transformation from the person of the holy spirit but we get into a situation like this it seems to take two or three years and I just don't or, believe it touched Or never happens. Or never happens.
1: <clears throat> right. yeah. Okay, Mr. Rowland, we have a run out of time for today. And I still think we have more discussion to do on this topic. But this is... Uh, a very good topic that we need to be discussing in the church and as the church is yes, in the world. Is. I think it's uh, yes. something that needs to be discussed. Okay, Mr. Rowland, we are praying you, that you'll right. continue to get better, that you get continue to get better, to continually get stronger. And you don't really need to worry because I am the one that brings you encouragement. I am the one that prays for you and yada, 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 yada. So you ought to be feeling pretty good next few days.
0: And now, ladies and gentlemen, you understand
1: <laughs> why
0: that the burden that I carry is so heavy.
1: You're safe for me, Rowan.
0: Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, boy, I feel it. I just feel so safe. Yes. <laughs>
1: okay, buddy. Talk to you tomorrow. Okay, M- bye-bye. bye-bye.
0: Thank you for joining today's Smith & Rowan Show. You can check out our website at org and our daily unplugged podcast at smithandrowlandshow.podbean.com. You can also join us on Amazon, Apple, or Spotify.